Hello, good morning, and you're very welcome to the program. Between now and nine, farming on the front line. One year on, how the breadbasket of Europe continues to produce food. Is it woodland or is it farmland? No, it's silvopasture. And Hannah Quinn Mulligan experiments with newborn calves and nurse cows. I want to begin this morning, though, with the ongoing brouhaha over the EPA's report on future land use. An evidence-gathering exercise, the authors told us, to find out what does the science have to say about how the climate will be impacted by the way that we use land. Some called for its incineration. Others said that it amounted to ethnic cleansing. One of the authors of the report, Dr James Moran, told me during the week what the report was and wasn't. Essentially, it is just a scenario modelling exercise. It's not a government policy. It lays out the stark reality we face as a society when it comes to the climate change and its interactions with land use. And the only thing the report calls for is to take the evidence at, at face value. But the leaderships of the farm organisations felt differently about it. The IFA said that if it went ahead, it would cause nothing short of an uprising in rural Ireland. The ICMSA said it bins the climate action plan. The ICSA said that farmers were sick of this constant baiting. So as the dust settles and the week draws to a close, I am joined now by John Keane, president of Macrina Firma, and by Ushin Coughlin from Friends of the Earth Ireland to reflect on how to generate more light than heat in this debate. Ushin, do you first. Uh, the tone of the conversation was inflammatory and got just about everybody's backs up. If there was a wrong way to start a national debate, was this it? Yes, it's very unfortunate. You know, the old phrase, I wouldn't start from here, but I, we, we need to restart that conversation now because as the author said there, this is just some facts that have been compiled. I, and I, I've heard him say during the week as well, this report could have been done any, any time in the last 10 years. It doesn't actually say anything terribly startling and new. It just gathers it all in one place. And the other thing to say actually is, of course, like I, I understand that the, the, how farmers feel it's always been talking about them because th- this report could be done, like a report could be done on transport or, or housing or, or, uh, or, or you know, aviation, our, our fuel production. We have to get to zero in every part of our society. It's going to be challenging for every sector. Uh, this, we've signed up for transformation in order to avoid mm-hmm. catastrophe. So it just but happens that once again... If the same report was done for any other sector, yeah, it would be just as stark. It would be equally challenging because I, I heard the farmers say, why are you, are you back to us again? Why is it, it, is, is it ditching the Climate Action Plan? Well, the Climate Action Plan is about getting to 2030, where as a society we have to reduce our emissions by half, and agriculture, which is very challenging, only has to do a quarter. So that it has to do less than other sectors. But by 2050, we all have to get to zero, or net zero as it's called. John, it has been a particularly emotional conversation this week. Why is this? Morning, Philip, and good morning, Oshin, and all your listeners. Oh, and congratulations. Um, I think four new calves overnight. This is why you're not able to join us in studio this morning. A, a busy night, all right, <laughs> and morning. No, good morning, and I think it has been a, an emotional day, and it will continue to be. Um, because if you look at some of the, I suppose, the recommendations or some of the findings in the report, in the report it is, uh, should it be implemented by policy? And I know that Dr. James Moran was at pains to state that it is just a, a modelling exercise to state that some of the practices that can be adopted, but should they be adopted and should policymakers decide that they would be adopted, it would have transformational change from the minister's backyard up in Donegal down to the tip of Kerry in terms of the ability of land to produce but also in, in terms of people's livelihoods and ability to make living. So it has a, an absolutely transformational change on not just those rural communities, but the people who are working within them. 
Um, and I know that the constant conversation about reductions and restrictions and uh, removal of opportunity within our sector is, uh, is not something which is uh, supporting my generation of young people to come forward with, you know, less than 6% of, of young people actively farming under the age of 35. So um, I would agree with Ushing in that we, we need a, a constructive debate and, and conversation about the findings of the report, uh, which also suggests that we need uh, we need to have a reconfiguration of our land use, but we also need to have a conversation about what we use land for in terms of mm. producing food, fibre, uh, and, and ensuring that uh, we meet the, the demand of the, the, the global growing population. John, from a farm leadership point of view, though, for helping farmers to get their heads around what is a very, very complex debate, was the language of ethnic cleansing and incinerating a science paper helpful this week? I think as as farm leaders and as leaders in political parties and in in different parts of society, uh, we also need to be careful that we inform farmers and we inform the the next generation and inform society of what it is that I suppose is accurate and the impact this can have. I think, as Oshin has said, I would agree the way this report has come to fruition and has come to light definitely is not helpful. Um, because I know, as Dr. James Moran said, there are there are other elements of this report which are due, which are will deal with the social and economic impact of it. So, in in the consideration of this uh, report in isolation, I can absolutely see why uh, it invoked such a, a strong response, and and uh, given yeah. some of the findings, absolutely uh, justified in many cases. But well, let's we put that to point to Oisin. Let me put that point to Oisin Cochran. It. it does, doesn't it, lead us in the, uh, the unnegotiable kind of truth of this, that if we are to be Paris Agreement compliant, that you are ultimately, over the course of the next 30 years, talking about a 30% reduction in uh, stocking levels, quadrupling of a forestation, many hundreds of thousands of hectares of land being re-wet. Do you have any sympathy for farmers hearing that? I do, and I think they have been, I think, misled by by government policy over the last ten years, and I don't think they've had a, a had great um, leadership from their own from their own leaders, to be honest, in terms of being honest about this. I mean, we we it is really challenging. We are we're in a really tough place as a society, as a as a as a globe, with 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 the challenge of holding human civilization together in the face of the existential threat of climate change. Business as usual is not an option, as I say. Like the choice here isn't between continuing as things are uh, or having to do all this change because scientists and environmentalists are, 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 are picking on any particular sector. We face a really tough challenge on, on, on the climate front. But I, but I understand wh- why people are, 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 are you know, upset by, by, by that or are, are, are discom- dis- discommoded by that. But like we are now at the stage we've waited so long that the choice isn't, be- there's no smooth path here. It's going to be rocky from now on. And the choice is between disruption to our business models, to our, to our, the way we organise society now for, for, in order to, 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 to safeguard ourselves, our destruction further down the line. We've seen in Somali, we've seen in Bangladesh what climate chaos looks like, and it's coming for us as well. There is no escape unless as a society and as a, and as a global society, we pull together like we did during COVID, like we do at times of emergency and treat this as an emergency and get on with it while having a really robust uh, and deep conversation about how, how we do that fairly and how we preserve livelihoods and preserve communities uh, and preserve nature uh, and preserve our society. So there's a really tough challenge here. There's no doubt 
doubt about that. But I think we need to be honest. We are going to need to switch our land use. We, you know, uh, uh, certain types of soil around the country, when we, when we use them as we use them now, are emitting large amounts of greenhouse gases and making the, making climate change worse. Uh, having so little forestry and, and, and so little uh, woodland and so uh, so few hedgerows is also making climate change worse. And so we need to take some. We need to produce as much food as as we do now, but on less land, which means changing what kind of food we produce. And we need to use more land for for nature, for for protecting water and air, for sequestering carbon. So we need to look have more hedgerows. We need to have more natural woodlands, more more uh, woodlands or trees along rivers. We need to we need to have big changes. John, you uh, younger farmers in Makra are aware of uh, all of the best and newest methods of doing what it is that you do. Is what Oshin Coughlin is saying needs to happen there achievable? The same, if not more, food from less land. I think just to pick up one point first, Philip. I think the, to be fair to, uh, I think Oshin made a point about leadership within farming. I think to be fair. Those kind of comments around personal comments around farmers is not going to help this debate. Um, leadership within farming has developed a, a sector that I'm very proud to be part of. And I think it's important to recognise as we move forward that science is not standing still. It's continuing to develop. The policies that we had 27 years ago around deforestation in 27 years' time in 2050 will be very different. So the science is not standing still and it's not stopping. This is a point in time, as the report writers have said, that have assessed where we are right now, but science will develop and continue to develop. And I'm very confident as a young person in the sector that over the next decade, over the next 20 years, over the next 25 years, of course there's going to be transformational change. Um, We talk about diversifying, we talk about uh, growth in different sectors. As a young person, I would say bring that on, bring on the opportunity, bring on the economic return, bring on the social return for farmers. Mm. That's what we want. But But you see the difference in the way that you're talking about this now, John, as opposed to saying that farmers are being baited by reports like this. You're going out and you're playing the ball, not the man, so to speak. Well, I, I think, to be fair, Philip, as a young person in agriculture and having seen the work that has gone in for 40, 50 years of, of, of people's work in agriculture and further beyond, um, I'm in a very privileged position, Philip, in that the sector that has been built has been built by the generations of farmers that have gone before us. Um, and we're at a stage now where we've one of the most resilient uh, one of the best food production systems in the world globally recognised. And that's a very privileged place to be. So absolutely, we need to engage, uh, we need to listen to all sides and we need to listen to what the science is saying. And I do believe there will be transformational change. Okay. But as the report specifically calls out, it needs to be to ensure that the social and economic factors are considered as well and that there's a just transition. That's that pathway forward. Oshin uh, Coughlin, time perhaps for everybody who isn't a farmer to acknowledge that it's actually farmers who have done more to embrace this agenda than most people in the or the transport or the aviation sectors for example. For sure, Far- farmers on the ground and farm organisations have been talking and thinking about this more than many other sectors but we need to actually start reducing emissions which hasn't happened yet. But I, I look the government is promising a Just Transition Commission uh, John mentioned the, the issue of Just Transition and we need that now. The, f- the next phase of this needs to be experts and stakeholders and communities not just at national okay. level sitting down together and having conversations about how we how what, what this looks like, what Ireland looks like rurally and urban when, when we're at net zero. All right. Oshin Coughlin and John Keane, thank you both very much.